Welcome to the Marketing Podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to the Marketing Podcast. Today I have a guest on my show, Nida Lertpersopsuk, who is a mentor and Basically, she does marketing strategy and a ton of really interesting stuff for service-based entrepreneurs. Nida, welcome to my show and please tell us a few words about yourself. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, so um, my name is Nida. I am a business coach and branding and marketing strategist. So I work with coaches, consultants, service-based businesses, expert-based businesses, and I help them create a high-end package for their service. I help them with the positioning, branding, marketing, and with the sales strategy. When you say that these are high-end offers, like what does that mean exactly? There's actually no kind of fixed price or number to kind of say, well, this is high-end, right? It, it really depends on the industry. It depends on target audience or your, your ideal clients as well. So for example, I sell a $40,000 per year program. That's a group program. So that's, I, I consider that high end. So when I say high end or high level price point is the top, is in the top 20% of the market that you're in, in the industry that you're in your clients at the highest level possible with the highest high quality, high touch service. Therefore, the clients that you are targeting or your ideal clients are people that want to buy the solution that works for them and they don't want to go through trial and error. You know, they don't want to go through trying this service from this brand and this company. And, you know, they just want you to be the final destination. If somebody wants to break into this market, right? Some like, let's say that one of uh, my listeners is an entrepreneur, a consultant, and they want to create this kind of program where they can actually, you know, sell their services and sell the, their knowledge for a higher price. How? What kind of advice would you give them? Like, how would they enter this kind of market and what would they need to do to be able to ask for those higher prices, sell those higher package deals to, you know, bigger, better clients? That will have to come with a long answer because it's about your branding, your marketing, and your sales strategy, right? Well, first of all, not everybody can sell a high-end program. It really depends on your commitment, your determination, and what you do with uh, your services and your brand, right? You can't provide like a low-quality service and charge it for a high price. Nobody's going to pay for that. If you're, you're determined to sell a high-end program because you feel that you offer a very high quality service, like it's your life's work, it's your best work, and you want to offer this to a specific group of um, client or customer, first of all, you want to think about the gap in the market. You want to look at your ideal clients and you want to look at their problems. Right. And you want to look at what kind of problems they're having, what kind of challenge they're having. And how are you going to solve that problem for them? How are you going to go in and fill that gap for them? So the gap is, is the challenge or the problem that they haven't been able to solve yet, right? So every industry has this gap. The gap is created from either service providers under servicing clients. 
the quality of the service that they provide is not good enough. Right. So, so for example, is that one of the things that you do, that you come in and you kind of audit their packages, audit what they're offering their clients and provide them with some kind of insights on how, on what gaps maybe exist and how they can actually fill those gaps with their service or, or offer? Yeah, yeah. So we look at what they are selling at that time and we look at the overall strategy uh, for their brand and what they're doing. And usually there's a problem with everything, right? There's the branding, there's the marketing and there's a sales strategy. And usually they are not aligned. Say, for example, you're trying to reach a high level client, but your communication, the way you go live in Facebook groups or what you post on social media, you might be speaking to lower level clients instead of higher level clients, you know? So if you're speaking to like, if you're targeting companies, for example, when you speak to a CEO of the company, you're speaking a very different language than if you would speak to an employee in that company, right? If you're targeting the CEO, you need to speak the same language as the CEO. Speaking to your audience, whoever that your ideal client is, is key. So whoever you want to target, you want to speak the same language as that person. And then before even actually thinking about that communication strategy is about nailing down your niche and your ideal clients first. A lot of people are not clear on their ideal clients yet. And they, tar- they try to go and target everybody, the general population, the general, like everybody, and they want everybody to be their client. The right strategy is very counterintuitive because you don't want everybody to be your client. Yes, definitely. Like if you nail down on your niche or your sub niche or your super niche, you get very niche, you niche down, that will allow you to be known in that specific niche and people will pay a premium price for that for the service that you offer to that specific niche, because you will be well-known. You will be the, the industry leader. You perceived in a way that, you know, like people will trust you and see you as the trusted authority. And that, that's kind of like the first step first. You have to nail down your niche first. You have to be very, very clear about who your ideal client is. Like you can't approach this with a scarcity mindset because then you're going to think, oh, there are not going to be enough clients for me um, if I niche down. Most people try to target everybody and want everybody to become your client, but that's actually, that's not going to give you the results you want because when you are general instead of specific, you know, like if I say I'm a general coach, like I coach everybody, everybody is my client, then nobody's going to remember me. And nobody's, I'm not going to appeal to anybody. So therefore, my brand will not be strong. People will not remember me for anything. They will just see me as somebody that's a general, you know, coach that coaches everybody. If something is for everyone, it's basically for no one. It just doesn't work. So you have to really narrow it down and choose your, your, your niche and just be the best in that specific area. That's like your your key advice here. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be able to command a premium price when you're the generalist, you know, uh, you know at least in this kind of um, service-based businesses or coaches and consultants. I think because the comp- there's so much competition, entrepreneurship is is easy to access these days. Anybody can be an entrepreneur, anybody can do business, right? Even an eight-year-old. Because of that high competition, that's why it's more important to be a specialist 
and get really, really good at it because you don't want everybody to be your client. But when your ideal client finds you, they will feel, oh my God, where have you been? I've been looking for you for my entire life, right? Because because you're that specific. And that will allow you to be the combat industry leader in your niche. And it will allow you to command the fees that you deserve for the great work that you do. Right. So like the main thing about differentiating yourself from the competition and for standing out and becoming the best and known as the best is to basically just choose like a really, really narrow field that you operate in, but one that obviously has some kind of interest from the market. So it's something that the market wants. Be a profitable niche as well. There, there has to be demand in that market. Yeah. So um, are there any other mistakes that, you know, people in the service-based industry that they make when they try to create their programs or when they try to create their branding and their marketing strategy? Well, one thing is they try to do what everybody else is doing and they're afraid to stand out. They're afraid to be unique. So they end up creating like an offer or a service or a product that everybody else is offering in that space. And so that's why you kind of end up in the red ocean where everybody's you know, cutting prices. Oh, if you're charging this, I'll charge cheaper. And then it becomes, uh, you know, like people compete to get the lowest price possible and offer the lowest price to the customer. And that is a situation where nobody wins. <laughs> In the end, if you're not making a profit, if you're not doing well financially, your business will have to close, right? And, and so cash flow and profitability is very important for your business for it to thrive in the long term. I would say... Be clear on the niche, find a profitable niche, be very clear on your ideal client and what you can do for them, how you can serve them at the highest level, and don't be afraid to stand out. And that goes back to filling the gap. You have to totally, like, you have to really understand your clients and the pain points that they're experiencing and the gap that's in the market. Like, what is missing? What would be that thing that you could offer your clients that is different from your competitors. Like nobody would offer this, but you are committed to doing it. And that is what will create brand loyalty and raving fans. And your customers will tell the other people about your brand and your services, you know? Um, and for me, that is something that creates uh, sustainability for your business in the long term. Um, and in terms of, you know, like where to reach your clients, because the first thing is to create the strategy. So like, what is it that you're going to be communicating? But then the next thing is, how do you actually reach those clients that are happy to pay those high ticket prices? Any specific, you know, channels of communication, any specific things that can actually help you stand out and do better than others? Yeah. Well, just a few things that come off the top of my mind. LinkedIn, Instagram, and Clubhouse are the social media platforms that will help you target high-end clients. And then networking is very important. It's about the people that you know. And then the third thing is about your marketing and branding strategies. Because your marketing and branding strategies... And even your sales strategies, the pricing of your service that you offer will attract your ideal clients, right? So if you're pricing at a very low price, you're not going to attract the high-end clients because they're going to think it's too low. The price is too low and they're not going to buy it, right? First thing that I do with clients is I, I help you raise your price 
because it's too low. It's too low to be targeting high-end clients. It doesn't make sense, right? Your communication, your branding, your website, images you use on your social media, everything is important. Your logo, your brand name, all those, you know, if it's not appealing to the high-end market, they're going to perceive you in a different way. They're not going to perceive you as high-end. What would you say is most attractive to high-end clients? Like what, in your experience, do they actually pay attention to? And what is it that you should include in your strategy and in your, basically, you know, your visuals just to kind of fit that frame? Well, it's the quality of the graphics that are made and the quality of the pictures or the photos that you take of yourself as an entrepreneur, as a personal brand as well. So people sometimes don't want to invest in these things, but it's, it's, it's an investment. So it's, it's not an expense. It's a, you have to look at it as an investment. There is an ROI on it. So when you have very good visuals, like really high quality graphics, that says something about your brand that you're like you're serious about what you do, you're professional, you know what you're doing, you're committed to what you're doing, you know? Like you, you can sometimes you go to Instagram, you see all these blurry pictures or pictures that weren't really well put together, you know? Um, and and what do you think about it? The moment you see that, you're gonna think, well, low quality, right? It's not high quality, therefore your services is probably not so professional or not. Yeah, you know, which might not be the case because lots of people have a very, they're very good at what they do. They're, they might be even the hidden gem, the best in their industry, but because they don't understand the branding and the marketing side of the business and even the sales strategy and the pricing, the positioning, when they don't understand those things, they get all these things wrong and they, then it's not aligned with the skills that they have or what they can actually offer. Like the way you speak, in front of the camera, the message, the language that you use, what you post on your social media platforms, how do you show up live? Are you confident in what you do? You know, um, are you courageous to be different and have a conviction um, and, and strong belief of, of how you're different in the market? All these things um, are very important. And also your sales strategy. How do you do your sales call? There's a specific strategy to sell high ticket price services, right? And then there, you have to do the pricing strategy in the right way as well, you know? So all these pieces have to be aligned. So with the pricing strategy, that was actually going to be my, my question as well. Would you say that it's important to kind of, you know, create a funnel where you start off with offering something small or even offering something for free and then kind of lead people down the sales funnel where they kind of where you upsell them to like more and more expensive products or more and more expensive packages? Or would you say that when you're trying to do high ticket sales, it's better to actually start with higher prices and the, and biggest packages from the start and maybe just like, I don't know, provide three different options, but like all at a high price? Like what would be the best strategy for this kind of, of um, offer? There are different schools of thought on this. Some people will say, well, we should start with a tiny, small offer and um, get people into the funnel, you know, pay $39, $99 first, and then upsell them into other things. And then, but I would say for me, I wouldn't do that. I, I have in the past, sold like $2,000 courses or programs, which were short term. And personally, I feel that I went through a phase where I, I discovered that 
I wanted to work with more high, higher level clients that were more committed rather than people that were just joining a program for four or five days, expecting to get some sort of certification and then will be able to charge like lots of money for their coaching services, for example, which is not the case because you can join a certification program, but you will have to practice, practice, practice. You will have to understand the marketing, the branding strategies. There's just so much to do, right? Business is not easy. It's not easy. There are lots of things to do. There's a learning curve. You have to be willing to fail and fail and fail, right? There's no guarantee that you're going to succeed, but you have to have that faith and determination, that commitment to keep on going. And so I wanted to attract those clients. I wanted to work with those high achieving people that will, that have that commitment and have that passion and that strong why, you know, that strong why of why you're doing that business, which has to be a reason that's apart from money. It can't be about the money, the money, you will get the money, but those that succeed in the long term have to have that strong why that reason that will keep them going, you know, what, no matter what obstacles they, they come across. And so I came to a point where I stopped running all those $2,000 programs because I started to get lots of clients that were there looking for a quick fix. And so that's the reason why I don't have like a $39 offer or $99 right. offer. And so nowadays I only run one year programs and I'm not saying that I won't run any of the short-term programs. Um, sometimes I might have like a special event or a workshop where I might do like once or twice a year. And that can even add people into your funnel and they can convert later into the $40,000 program. Like I'm not saying that can't happen, but I don't use the low ticket price services or programs to get people into the funnel. I get people into the funnel by connecting with people and offering free content through my podcast, my book, Facebook Live. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. And that's people listen to you for free and they get instantly like there's this, this instant rapport. There's this connection. There's this immediate um, no like and trust factor that happens oh my God, this person is like offering this for free in her podcast or in her rooms on Clubhouse. This is free. I mean, other people can be selling this content for a huge amount of money, but she's talking about these things for free. So what does that say about me? If this is free, what about the paid program? I mean, that is going to offer so much value, right? And so being authentic and genuine and kind is also very important. And, and we don't see so much of that nowadays. <laughs> so I think that's, that's one of the success factors is um, being a kind person and treating people with respect and treating them the way that you would want to be treated, right? Personally, I reply every person that DMs me on Instagram with a voice message or like some sort of text and voice message. Because in my own experience, when I text someone else, when I DM someone on Instagram and they don't reply or they ignore me or whatever, I don't think that's, I don't know. I'm not judging. I know lots of people are very busy, but what I do is I, I over deliver even in the DM boxes. Like I would 
I don't care if you're going to become my client or not. If there's some a question that I can answer, if there's something that I can add value or help you in whatever way, I will do that. And I think if you do good, good will come back to you. It's like the law of the universe, right? And I'm not even doing it so that the good will come back to me. I just generally like to help people. And I know how tough it is when you're not well-known yet or you don't know what's the first step to doing this, right? And so even though I work with high-level clients, if somebody messages me and asks me something very basic, I will still answer them because you could change that person's life with that answer or with that voice message, right? Um, So it goes back to being kind and treating people the way that you would want to be treated. And it's, for me, it's sad that not a lot of people are doing that. I want to be able to inspire other people so that they go and treat other people that way as well. Such an amazing way of looking at it because, you know, to that person on the other side of that DM, it's actually so important to get that response and to get your insight. And, you know, even if it's just something small, right? Like for you, it doesn't cost you that much effort just to create a voice message or just to write a couple of words. But to that person on the other side, it means the world. And it can, like you said, it can change their life. So to them, yeah, it's just super important. Exactly. And I'm hoping that I'm saying this on this podcast show that I'm hoping it will inspire other people to start doing this as well. You know, lots of people are using chat bots and just, you know how on LinkedIn, they send all these long email format on LinkedIn spams everybody. Yes. I'm guilty of that as well, (laughs) but I don't do that anymore. And Lots of people will just send all these messages. And so it's like, you don't even want to open those boxes, um, inboxes on LinkedIn. Um, And people feel that they are treated like, not treated like humans. Yes, I've heard that before. Yeah, and that doesn't really connect you with anybody. It disconnects you with your clients and your potential clients and people, right? These days, I think people, when we're talking about branding and marketing, people are looking for real connection and they want to be treated as a person and people buy people, right? You want to buy services from someone that you feel you, you know, like, and trust. You have to like that person, right? You want to believe in their mission and their vision and what they do. So I think it's important to show up as someone you, you would admire and you would want to be. But it is, it takes effort, right? Some people will just say, well, it takes too much time to me for me to go and reply to all these messages. Why bother? And then depends on who you want to be. For me or my personal brand or me as a human being, I want to be a kind person. I want to be able to contribute to people. And so it doesn't matter who you are, how many followers you have or what phase of business you're in. I want to be able to help that person. I think that's such an amazing way of looking at it. And the truth is you never know, you know, especially with these people like, you know, on Clubhouse, like you mentioned, there's just such a ton of people. And even if they're just starting out, it's usually these first movers because, you know, the app is quite new and uh, it's a new way of communicating with people. So the, the people who are there usually are kind of dynamic and they're the ones who are, you know, go-getters and who want to be doing something interesting in their life. So you never know. They might be a, you know, quote, um, nobody, unquote, right now. But, you know, maybe in a couple of years, they're actually going to be one of your best clients. So really, you never know who you're talking to. And it's always better to assume that, you know, you're paths might cross in the future as well. 
Yeah, that's true. You know, like in the past, I have contacted, you know, companies that sold tickets to events or seminars for people that were like really famous, like world-class famous, you know? And um, one time I called them, it was an assistant in the company, not the CEO, not the owner or anything. And she said to me, well, we, we don't work with people that aren't famous. We only sell um, tickets to events for people that are famous. That's, that's what she said to me. And that wasn't kind. That was very mean, right? But I wasn't upset. I was a little bit upset. But then I thought, I understand that, you know, whatever people say or treat other people, that's actually a reflection of who they are, not me, right? But then it's funny because lots of people that have treated me that way when I was starting out, today I'm doing better than they are. And I remember that story that Elon Musk, he was like bullied a lot when he was young. And there's this kind of sarcastic joke that people say, well, that person probably regrets bullying Elon Musk, <laughs> given the who he is nowadays, right? Um, so yeah, it's like you never know and you don't want to treat anybody that way. It, it doesn't matter what comes back to you. Like you don't want to treat other people that way, whoever they are. No matter what level you're at, you will be able to help someone. And then as you grow in your journey, you grow, your client will grow with you or you start to pivot and you start to, you can help someone. Don't compare yourself to other people and just serve the best at the level that you're at. That makes sense. So we've been having a pretty interesting year or past 12 months, let's say, um, I'm curious, have you seen any change in the landscape in terms of the way that people are approaching business, the way that they're approaching um, service-based entrepreneurship? Do you foresee any changes in the future, how this will actually reflect on the industry and on what will happen you know, over the next couple of months or, or maybe even years? I'm a big picture person, so I'm mostly thinking in big you know, vision kind of like five year, 10 years and how COVID has affected people and how it will change our lives forever and the way we buy things and buy services. And, and you know, like I would say people are are more comfortable living in their house now. Like they, they don't have to leave the house all the time. And definitely we see sales going up for, you know, delivery-based kind of services. There's this thing called the lazy economy where people are just lazy. They just want to be as lazy as possible and they will pay to get to receive convenience. And so I definitely think COVID has changed our behavior, the way we interact with people, the way we consume products and services. I think businesses will need to adapt and be really creative in the way that they do um, their business, but strategically, of course just have to be agile and adaptable. Anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. Um, we might get past this pandemic and then there will be another pandemic. And I think it, if it was teaching us a lesson, it's to be adaptable and not taking anything for granted. So to, to add a bit of vulnerability to the conversation, I like to ask um, people about failures and the mindset of overcoming them. And I just wanted to 
ask you whether there is, you know, any story from this area, you know, maybe from your experience or from your client's experience um, in terms of, you know, what is your take on the subject, right? Especially now when it's so easy to 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 fail, right? Like I, I feel like when you talk to people who've had huge successes, they've also had so many failures. So I'm just curious, you know, how do you like, what's your take on the subject? Yeah, definitely. So I believe that the level of success depends on how willing you are to fail over and over again, your tolerance towards failing. The higher it is, the more chance you have of succeeding. That's, that's what I think. So I think, you know, every successful person, there's a, they've have, they have failed over and over again. So I, I guess I'll, I'll share my story. So when I was starting out on this journey, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I did workshops. I, I didn't have a coach. So I was just like doing everything myself, trying to make sense of everything. And, you know, I, I dabbled in this niche and then this niche, and then I tried this niche. And then I didn't quite get the funnels right. Um, you know, there was just so many elements in the business. But I remember... I saw this video of Elon Musk going on the 60 Minutes show and he was talking about how his um, childhood heroes that went to the moon didn't really agree with what he was doing on space, uh, at SpaceX. And he was crying in that video. And that was inspiring for me, I think. Um, and he has this quote, not the exact words, but it says, like, if something is very is important enough it doesn't matter whether the chances of succeeding is super low. You still have to do it anyways, because it's, it's that important. And that quote really stuck with me. Even till now, it's like very inspiring for me. And that was how I felt when I was starting on this journey. What I was thinking was like, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? It's normal to fail. It's normal to go through the struggles and you just have to keep on going and believing what you do and why you're doing that. Is there something that kept you going or that helped you kind of push through when you had doubts or when things weren't going the way that you planned in the beginning? Well, it was that quote from Elon Musk that I just yeah. shared. I always surround myself with people with a great mindset. So having a good ecosystem is very important. Being in, in the ecosystem and surrounding you yourself with people that will support you on your mission and your life purpose is very important. And when you surround yourself with these people, you see possibilities, right? They're going to tell you, well, just do it. It will work. You will have to keep going. If this doesn't work, you're going to try another thing or whatever, right? You, you want to put yourself in that ecosystem that will support you to grow, like find a coach, find a mentor, find somebody that can really help you on whatever you're trying to be successful with. If you keep going, you keep going, you're going to find a way. And so the way I found my coach was um, I first hired a relationship coach first and she referred me to another business coach. And that was how I, I, I found, I got into masterminds, I got into um, the coaching programs and the, the networks that I needed to be in. And I think it's important to surround yourself with those people and have a coach and a mentor that can really help you bring out your full potential, overcome your fears, you know, 
yeah, that, that, those were the things that worked for me and got me to where I am now. So in terms of finding a mentor or a coach, this is something, this is a piece of advice that I do keep hearing quite a lot. And yeah. I'm curious, do you think that it is better to pay someone like you mentioned, so like to hire a coach or, you know, a professional mentor, or would you look for somebody who's doing the same thing as you, but is maybe, you know, a bit further down the path that you potentially want to be going? Like, would you have any advice in terms of, you know, finding that mentor for yourself? Yeah, well, that's what I mean by mentor or coach. They would have to be successful in what you're trying to achieve, right? So that they can help you. I would say uh, people ask me a lot about this, like what, how do you make a decision on who to hire or like, who do you want to work with? And when you're hiring a coach, you want to have a chemistry session or what they call like a discovery session first to see whether there's a chemistry there. You want to look at what type of person that person is. Do they share similar values with you? Um, Does what they talk about, does that resonate with you? You know, are they really an expert at what they do? And you want to do you want to do some research about that, right? Um, you want to listen to their podcasts or their their Facebook lives. You want to read their emails and what what do they talk about on social media? How do they show up in their videos? Um, how do they show up in Clubhouse? Are they authentic? Are they really an expert at what they're talking about, or are they just like dabbling, right? Like there was somebody that asked me a long time ago because I'm certified in so many tools in the personal development world, right? Like I'm certified in personality types and the Neogram and the MBTI and I have my own accredited coach training program and just like I'm 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 a nerd. So I, I went and did all so many certifications. Like I have so many tools. So somebody asked me what would be one thing if you were to recommend to someone that wanted to transform themselves? And I would say, hire a coach hire a really good coach that that's what I would say because you know I have always read books personal development books psychology books but reading these books you're just like a passive you're just reading and you're getting all these knowledge but joining a group program or hiring a coach is very different they will point out all your blind spots and your limiting beliefs and all those lies that you're telling yourself and help you overcome those fears and those limiting beliefs, those lies that you're telling yourself. And so that you can overcome them and and go to the next level of success. And books don't give you that. It doesn't give you that. Right. There's no interaction. And it's like, you have to, you know, be smart enough to kind of be able to apply it to yourself. And the truth is that we don't have that insight about ourselves. It's just like, you know, when we have our friends who are doing something which is ridiculous and we completely see it and we can tell them the best advice in the world, you know, we can tell them, hey, you know, why are you doing this? Don't do that. Do this instead. But then when it comes to giving ourselves advice, it's so much harder just because we have these blinders on, you know, we don't see so clearly when it comes to ourselves. So definitely there's that need for a talk with a coach or with somebody who can advise us. I totally get that. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's so inspiring. And of course you have achieved it and you have gotten to the top. Um, And I'm curious, you know, um, are there any projects right now, anything that you're excited about that's coming your way that you would like to share with us? Well, I am releasing my new book, 
So very soon, it's called the One to Millions Entrepreneur. It's about building brands that need no introduction. It's about being that one voice that will impact millions through the expertise that you offer, um, creating that positive ripple effect in the world, in the community by being successful in what you do. So that's a book that's coming out and also my international podcast that goes by the same name, One to Millions Entrepreneur. um, Those are the two things that I'm excited about this year. And yeah. Sounds amazing. So the podcast will be available on Apple Podcasts, I assume, and the book will be available on Amazon. Yes, that's correct. Perfect, perfect. So people will be able to to search that and get a ton of value and a ton of really great information about what they need to do to become super successful. That's fantastic. Nida, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you, you know, for being here and for taking your time to actually talk to me and to provide so many insights, to provide all this information and to share your knowledge and expertise with me and my audience. Um, And yeah, like just any final, any final thoughts, anything else that you would like to share, anything else that you would like to tell us? Well, I I just want to tell everybody, the world, right, Um, that you can choose the life that you want. You can, if you really, really want it. If you want it bad enough and you keep going, you know, I believe that you will get there if if you don't stop. Keep going. Everybody thinks that success is like there's this big secret behind being successful. Oh, these successful people must have like a shortcut or some sort of secret, you know? And it's funny. It just comes down to taking action, right? Strategy and mindset and taking action. So whatever whatever piece you're missing within these three pieces, find the solution and fix the right problem, right? right. Most people are fixing the wrong problem. Or there is a solution right in front of them, but they don't want that solution because right. it's hard, because it has it involves taking a risk, or it involves being uncomfortable in a way. But if you're not willing to do those things, you're, you can't be successful, right? Because you'll just be in your comfort zone. And then taking action, that's on you. <laughs> if you have the strategy, you have the, you're working with someone on your mindset, then you need to take action. You have to keep going. And everybody has the potential to create the life that they want. You can design it. You can make it come true. Um, you just need to to do it. You just need to be committed. You want. You have to meet. You have to want it bad enough. So if you're not doing it, you need to ask yourself whether you want it bad enough and whether you're willing to commit to those goals. Perfect. So, Thank you so much. This is amazing. That's amazing stuff. Um, Nida, thank you for being with us and thank you for being on my podcast. And I hope to talk to you, you know, sometime in the future again. Great of you to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.